Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. I want to welcome you to our podcast today for Finishing Well Ministries. My name is Hal Habecker. I'm the founder and president. Usually have Randy Hess here with me, but today I have two extra special guests. First one is my wife, Vicki, and she is interviewing a close friend of ours, Joy Evans. Joy and her husband, Lee, have been very good friends for Vicki and me for the past 10 plus years, always welcoming new people into our life. God wants to do something new every day. So we follow him and they're a blessing and all the all that God does in our lives is a blessing to us. They have a very unique story that relates to finishing well and growing older together in these early retirement years, later retirement years, wherever you are. And I'm looking forward to her story as Vicki interviews her today. So may the Lord bless this interview and may you may, may God use the words that we share to encourage you and strengthen you. So welcome, Vicki. Take it away. Thank you. And welcome, Joy. Joy is just one of the sweetest, most servant-oriented women I think I've ever known in my life. And I love you and thank you for doing this today. There may be some tears shed today as she and I talk. And you know what? That's okay. God keeps our tears in a bottle. I've always said some days he might need a bucket for some of us. So Joy, tell us about you. Where were you born? <clears throat> your husband, your kids, your grandkids. Well, thanks for having me, Hal and Vicki. It's great to be here. I love to share my story because it's a story of God's grace. Um, I was born into a military family. We traveled all over the United States, and we had a tour in Germany that we really enjoyed. We uh, came and settled in San Antonio as I got older, and I went to college, and I met my husband, Lloyd, and uh, he is um, prefers to go by Lee. I'm sorry, Lloyd, um, but he's, he's Lee, and um, we were married in 1976, and just really wanted to honor the Lord in all that we did. We started our family and we're blessed with a son and a daughter. Our son, Luke, is uh, now 42 and he is working with his dad in the business and is actually has taken over the reins of, of my husband's business and is doing very well. He's married to Carrie and they have five beautiful children. Um, Lana was born second. And she um, grew up as a just delightful, sweet young lady. And she went to AM and met Chad Fisher and married Chad, who we quickly fell in love with and who now is also involved in my husband's business. And, and today, Lee and I have eight beautiful grandchildren. Now, this purpose of this interview today, Joy is for you to tell us Lana's story. Now, Lana does not live this side of heaven anymore. The Lord took her to her beautiful home many years ago. So would you start out with telling us Lana's story, her diagnosis, uh, maybe the rapid progression over the two years that God left her here, your thoughts on watching 
a daughter, any loved one, suffer and prepare for death at age 26. Am I right? Is that how she was? That's when she passed. She was 26. So tell us about her diagnosis, her treatment, the two-year journey. Lana um, had been at Texas A&M, and she was in the College of Science and majored in health. So she was always a very health-centered girl. She um, lived her life by what she, uh, she, she lived what she talked. And she always took very good care of herself. She noticed a spot on her back after she had married Chad. And she thought it needed to be seen and looked at. So she called the dermatologist and the dermatologist's office said, oh, I'm so sorry. We don't have an appointment for three more months. And Lana said, oh, I need to be seen before that. I'll find someone else. Thank you. And it, it, it was every office that she called. It was, oh, we don't have an appointment until three more months. And she was in the middle of um, graduating college, moving to Houston with her husband, beginning their lives. And so she thought, well, once I get to Houston, I'll make this appointment. So she moved to Houston. And again, she was told three months. And she said, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that appointment. And um, she, she, she scheduled the appointment. And three months later, um, we were all in my husband's hospital room. He had um, become very ill and had pneumonia, and he has a heart condition, so that landed him on the ICU cardiac ward. And so Lana came up to Dallas, and we were all in the hospital room. I was on crutches. I had fallen earlier that year and had severely broken my leg and underwent surgery, and I was still non-weight bearing on my left leg and hobbling. And my husband's lying in bed, seriously ill. And my daughter's in the room and says, I need to go to Houston um, for that appointment. But I think I'll, I'll just call and keep I don't think I'll need to keep it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, you know, soon, but I'll, I'll just reschedule. Well, Lee and I both told her, no, you must go, 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 Anna, go to your appointment. And so she left and called us from the doctor's office and said, mom, I just saw the doctor and she took one look at my spot on my back and told me that it was cancer and that she was not ready to commit to the type that she would need to test, but that it was definitely cancer. And mom, she told me to sit in her waiting room until she could clear her calendar for the rest of the day and do surgery on my back. We, we were stunned. Um, she did surgery that, that afternoon and removed a hunk of Lana Beth's back and informed Lana that even with as much as she took, that the margins of the incision were not clear and that she had and still had cancer cells in the margins of the incision. 
um, she would require a second surgery. And the dermatologist says, I'm going to uh, tell you that you need an oncological surgeon, not just a dermatological sermon, surgeon. So um, Lennon decided to go. She and Chad um, prayed about it. And Chad encouraged her to go straight to um, um, MD Anderson, right there in Houston, best place to be. And they they did and, and had a second surgery. Now her incision is about six inches long on her back. And they were able to excise all of the cancer. But they were shocked, even at MD Anderson, at how deep the cancer had grown especially for her age. Well, let me interrupt you a second. Yeah. Have they given her a diagnosis yet? No. The basal cell squamous or no. melanoma? Melanoma. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. The, the first dermatologist sent the, sent the cells to the lab and it did come back melanoma. That's right. And then with melanoma diagnosis, she went to MDA. And they excised all of the melanoma, and they said, this is very, very deep, but not quite deep enough. Um, we, we usually check the lymph nodes if it's 0.1 centimeters, and your depth is 0.09. But you know what? For your age, that's way too deep. And we need to, uh, to pursue this and check the lymph nodes that drain this site and see if any melanoma ha- cells have escaped. Because once melanoma invades your body, it metastasizes eventually, and there is no cure. As long as it's just on the skin, there's, they, can, they can get it all, and you're fine. But once it invades your body, you are not. So they, um, they did surgery. I mean, they did the um, testing of her lymph nodes. And two lymph nodes lit up as being already infected with melanoma cells. They immediately did a full body scan and they found nothing. There were no tumors. There was nothing at all in her body. And she was extremely young and extremely healthy. And they, uh, they began to encourage us with very hopeful experimental therapies that were on the horizon. And Lana began to participate in different ones as different tumors began to pop up in her body. The first one was in her lungs. She had another surgery, a thoracic surgery, where they removed that tumor. And then they just began to pop up everywhere, just little ones. She went through experimental therapies that were horrible and agonizing and painful. But she wanted to do it just in case it could help. She wanted to do it for Chad. So after she passed, he would not have to look back and say, what if we would have tried? So she wanted to give that to him. And she wanted to provide an opportunity For the medical community to maybe figure out one more piece to the puzzle. Well, all of the therapies that she participated in did give them another piece of the puzzle, but it didn't help Lana. Um, Her particular um, melanoma was not benefited by things that they did. Um, She spent three weeks at one point in the ICU at MD Anderson, and they basically 
destroyed her bone marrow. And um, in that process, her, her cells leaked fluids and her, her body was so full of fluids and her arms were like logs. She couldn't even bend her elbow to feed herself. It, I, I share that just to say it, it was an agonizing time. It wasn't easy. It wasn't, you know, oh, God's got this. He's in control. Everything is beautiful. It was, it was horrible. It was, it was horrible to watch your daughter suffer. It was horrible to see um, the pain in your husband's eyes. Um, and I, I have to say, Chad was wonderful and he was there for her. But Lana turned to the Lord, and we got to see how God's grace carried her. And we got to see and witness firsthand the joy that she received from the Lord. Her eyes sparkled with his presence in the hospital. Her, 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 her lips were often in a smile as she just radiated from the inside out. His presence. Excuse me for interrupting, but I remember one time you told me she was about to have an MRI or something. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as she was going into the tube, the technicians that were there just commented on the sparkle in her eyes and her smile. And you told me she, Lana herself, led the way for the rest of her family she and friends. Did. She did. To she did. Go this, she go this journey. She decided early on that she was going to rely on the verse of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, for my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. And she relied on that power. She didn't try to be strong. She relied on the Lord who gave her the strength. And that makes all the difference. She got sicker and sicker. And the day you speak of, she was so ill that she wasn't able to communicate. And she knew she had to go in for a scan that day. And before she would go into MDA, she would always ask the Lord to give her someone in one of the waiting rooms that she could share him with. And he always did. And she always was able to speak to people in waiting rooms and encourage them in the Lord. And this day she, she prayed and she says, Lord, I, I can't talk today. I, I, I can't make sense today. Cancer you're, you're, the cancer had metastasized to her brain. Yes. Yes. And she said, you will have to speak through me. Mm. And she went in. And they called her name and they called her back to get her scan. She's laying on the table and the technician is bending over her and he looks in her face and he says, oh my goodness, you're a Christian, aren't you? <laughs> and then said, yes, yes. And he said, can I pray for you? There's this MDA technician. And he said, and you know what? Just a minute. He sticks his head out the door and he goes, Paul, come in here. 
And the two of them leaned over Lana and prayed for her. And he said, Lana, the next time that you come in, I'm going to see your name and I'm going to pull your chart and we're going to take these scans on this same machine and I'm going to do each one so they are precise and exact. And that was just part of the Lord's care and his going before us. And it was evidence again of how, you know, his, his presence is palpable and observant and we can observable. We can see it. Other people can see it. Boy, that's an amazing story. But you also said <clears throat> there was there was a time when Lana's friends and maybe some of your family did not embrace the same hope and the same goal that Lana had of going through this journey. You mentioned that there, there can be some bad theology out there. Tell us how Lana reacted or uh, her friends, what was, how were her friends reacting to their sweet, sweet gal who was suffering so badly and her friends that were believers? They were praying for what? Complete healing rather than the grace through the journey or something like that you said to me one time. Right. They, um, everyone wanted Lana to be healed. Everyone um, wanted her to not suffer. And Lana just wanted to honor God. And she trusted God for his will. And everyone else was trusting God for her healing Mm -hmm. while she was trusting God for his will. And she said there's a world of difference between the two. One is trusting God to fulfill my desires, trusting God to perform for me and do my will. And the other is, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want to honor you in it. That's all the difference. And that was actually what prompted her to begin posting her journal. She had already started journaling, but she began to post her journal online to not directly confront people's poor theology, but to just reveal where her heart was and what was going on with her spiritually. And she would, you know, take the first part of her journal entry and and talk about um, what was happening to her body. And then she would use the last half to talk about the Lord. And we are going to do a second segment. Uh, on Lana's story, and I want you to talk about her journal on that. Okay. Uh, Joy, let me ask you another thing. Um, as a mother, how has Lana's been with Jesus now? How many years? 13. 13 years. I'm sure your grief is just as overwhelming, but as Hal always talks about with finishing well, how does, how has aging affected your perspective of what God did in and through Lana? Well, I think I'm going to have to say that what happened during those years when we were stripped of everything, 
and learned what it was to rely completely on God has totally shaped my perspective, which has totally dictated my growth and progress as I've been aging. It, it has provided direction. It has provided a conviction um, of eternal glory. My dreams are no longer earthbound and time-bound. I'm not worried what I leave behind. I'm worried about what I'm put, what I put ahead, to what um, investment I'm making in eternity. My investment in people is eternal. And that's where I want to spend my time, especially as I grow older and older. And Joy, share with our audience, we told me one time, which I thought was powerful, that God was agonizing over Lana as much as you were. Yes, yes. Um, I was praying and just thanking the Lord for carrying me through her death. Um, just so grateful for his compassion and his presence was so palpable for me during that time. And I was just thanking him for that. And I began to realize that he was grieving too. And I was crying and he, I felt him crying and I felt him tell me, Joy, your grief is appropriate to what has happened. Lana died. That is horrible. Death is horrible. But you're just starting to get it. I think death is horrible too, which is why I was willing to send my son. I heard all of your prayers, Joy, and I, I, I heard you crying out, Lord, take me. Don't, don't take my child. Take, take me. She understand. I said, my son, I would never have done that. Never. He sent his son because of his great love for us. Because he recognized the consequences of sin. And the Lord wanted to to that. He wanted to do something about that. And so he sent his son to take the punishment of our sin, to provide forgiveness and provide us a way to come to him. He took care of the spiritual problem that causes the physical consequences. He, he sent his son and his son died. I, I, I was so overwhelmed. I had never thought about it in those terms before. And he, he's given us through that a hope. And he's given us a relationship with God so that God can minister to us in our pain and in our sorrow and in our grief. We have access to God. And you know what? He's not finished. He's coming back. And when he comes back, he is going to fix the physical. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. He will wipe every tear from every eye, and there will be no more death. He is coming back. He came the first time, and he fixed the spiritual. That had to happen first. 
before the physical can ever happen. He's coming the second time and he's fixing the physical. And therein lies our hope. There's our hope. Our hope is not in the cure. Our hope is not in a miracle. Our hope is in eternity, in his return, when he comes back to earth and he fixes the physical. And then, Hal, you want to close us out? And then we will think about uh, what God wants us to delve into for our next podcast. Thank you, Joy, for sharing your heart. Um, So, so very special. Uh, Let me pray and wrap this up. Uh, Lord, I thank you for Lana Beth. I thank Mm -hmm. you for Joy and Lee and their family. And I thank you for how you lead us. You know, I think of Psalm 23, even though we walk through the valley Mm -hmm. of the shadow of death, uh, we will fear no evil for you are with me. You're riding your staff. They comfort me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thank you for this story. And I pray that you will use it to encourage (laughs) others who are listening, going through similar experiences or knowing friends who are. And I pray it'll be an encouragement to them. So we give this podcast to you, enjoy his words Mm -hmm. to you and use them through the power of your spirit. To encourage others in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, thank you, Joy, and I hope uh, you enjoy this podcast. Pass it on to friends as you listen to it, and say, "I know somebody who would profit from this." And pray for all of us as we finish well, encounter all the issues that God has for us, and help us to live our lives well for Him, fit, fulfilling His plan for us in our aging years. So, may God bless you. And we'll meet you soon again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.